sometimes I realize that the devil doesn't need to to make a tragedy happen or need to cause something so terrible and an evil circumstance to come about you. Because if he can get you to stay in your head, he can cause you to overthink. He can cause you to stress out. He can cause you to doubt. He can cause you to fear and then be paralyzed in that fear and then be overwhelmed with anxiety and ultimately take all of your focus off of God without even touching you. Sometimes he doesn't even have to touch you to knock you off your horse. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Church Boy Confessions podcast. Back in the hot room, I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. That's what we're just going to call this place, the hot room. Or maybe we'll come with a different name for it. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 108. Hope you guys had an amazing week, an amazing day, whatever it might have been. Amazing, amazing nighttime you just woke up, whatever it might be. Whatever, whatever time that you're listening to this episode, I hope that it's amazing. If it's not amazing, God is still God and he still loves you and life is still good. God is still good. Um, And we are still winners. And that's just a fact of the matter. This episode is going to be, um, I think it's going to be encouraging for a lot of people. This message, you know, really comes from the Holy Spirit and my loved ones encouraging me. um, Just because I've kind of been, I was in a little funk, but, you know, I'm out of it now. Um, Before I get there, of course, I want to just remind you guys, August 26th, Unassociated turns three years old. Um, And we have a week-long campaign from August 22nd to August 28th. Um, And we want you to submit videos to tell us about the time that you discovered how much God loved you. A time in your life where it was like, wow, you realize God loves me. Um, Send in a 50 to 55 second video. Um, You can send it into uh, email community at unassociated.com. Or you can send it in um, to our DM on Instagram at un underscore associated. Um, and we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear. We want to hear the testimonies. We want to hear like when when you found out that God loved you. Um, the community needs to hear it. We all need to hear it. We want to hear that testimony. We want to be encouraged. And um, remember, the theme of this campaign is going to be the duplexity of love, sacrifice, and service. So, talk to us. Tell us. Tell us about how how much God loves you and and how you know that. Um, but that was the only announcement I had for today. Um, and let's, let's get to the, let's get to this episode. You see, I was in, I was in a funk, ladies and gentlemen, cause I get these funks every now and then. And, you know, I, you guys are no strangers. If you've been listening to this podcast for the past, I don't know, over a year, um, you're no stranger to the season I've been in in my life of being unemployed. And, you know, there's times where I've, I've been content in it. And then there's other times where I've been very discontent. And for the period of maybe the past, like three three weeks, I've been very discontent and I've been very, um, just, just in my own head, but I didn't know and recognize that I was in my own head. Um, basically this is what's been going through my head for a while now. And and I'm thankful that, um, my friend Charles or Duke 30, AKA Duke 32, Duke 32, 32. Sorry, I butchered that. Um, you know, I had a talk with him and he's the one that helped me to realize this, that I was in my own head. Um, in my head right now, 
I'm so upset with myself and I blame where I'm at in my life and not being happy with like where I'm at because I don't have a career and stuff like that to myself. And what was going through my head was that, you know, Emmanuel is the person that was 4.0 in middle school, 4.0 in high school, um, valedictorian in high school, then went to number one public university. And he made a mistake by he somehow had the ball and he dropped it. You know what I'm saying? And now he's graduated from that school and he's unemployed and he's been unemployed for over a year doing whatever the heck that he's doing. And I'm kind of like, a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, not a failure. To f- the word failure is not what I'm looking for, but it's just like a kind of a disappointment in a sense. And this is what I've just been replaying in my head. Like, I've been thinking like, dang, like, you know, if I ran into one of my high school teachers or, mi- or my middle school teachers right now, like, what would they say? Like, you know, if they found out that like, you know, all of that, like, you know, Emmanuel Heke, little Nigerian kid that was so smart, like, you know, in this situation is in his life right now. I feel like a lot of people have those moments in college when like they get their first like D or F. Um, and I didn't really have those moments in college, but I think I'm having that moment now as a 23-year-old outside of college and just trying to find a job somewhere. Um, and it's been very challenging. Um, and all of these thoughts have led to a lot of self-deprecation. It's led to a lot of uh, low self-esteem and especially just, you know, um, a lot of doubt. Um, it's also led to a lot of self-pity as well. And after I had this conversation with Charles, um, he said, like, when I was explaining all of this to him, like, he stopped me and he said, like, it sounds like you're in your own head. And until that point, I didn't realize that that was what was going on. You know, like, he said, like, it's you versus you right now. And, And that really hit home for me because, like, I had to come to snap back to reality. Like, nobody has told me these things. Like, nobody in my family has, like, told me I'm a disappointment or that I'm a failure. Nobody has. And, like, I would I would say that if I were to run into, you know, I even ran into, you know, one of my old mentors the other time. And, like, he wasn't disappointed in me and all that different stuff. And, like, when I really look at the people around me, I don't really have much of a reason to, to define myself as a disappointment or as a failure. But I've been in my own head, ladies and gentlemen. And it's really been me versus me. And I think that there's a lot of us... I can only imagine that there's more of us that might be in our own heads right now. And I think that a lot of us are so used to fighting battles that are external. Like, you know, when a bad situation happens, when a, when a tragedy happens, when a circumstance comes about, we are, you know, there, it's us versus the circumstance. And like, it's an external thing, but sometimes things become internal. And I think that things become internal when we start to entertain the negative thoughts that pass through our mind. Now, granted, I don't think that all negative thoughts derive from us specifically. I think they traditionally, typically derive from the enemy, derive from evil spirits and so on. But I feel like it's still a you versus you thing when you are the one that are entertain- that is entertaining the thoughts and allowing these thoughts to reside in your mind because you do have control over your thoughts. I'm not one that, that, disagree, like, that would disagree with that statement. I believe that we have control of our thoughts. Now, if you have a mental illness, I think it gets a little more complicated. But if you don't have a mental illness, I think that you do have control over your thoughts. And when we entertain such things, you know, like these negative thoughts that come about, like, that's something that we have to take some accountability in. Um, And I think one thing that I've learned, and it's kind of like what Kendra said last week, she said that when the devil has your mind, 
when the devil's able to get your mind, that means he 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 got you. Like he he got you that way. And I think that that's so real because like sometimes I realize that the devil doesn't need to to make a tragedy happen or need to cause something so terrible and an evil circumstance to come about you. Because if he can get you to stay in your head, he can cause you to overthink. He can cause you to stress out. He can cause you to doubt. He can cause you to fear and then be paralyzed in that fear and then be overwhelmed with anxiety and ultimately take all of your focus off of God without even touching you. Sometimes he doesn't even have to touch you to knock you off your horse. And I'm evident and I know the evidence of that. I've seen that in my life. And I think that's where I've been at the past couple of weeks. Sometimes he doesn't have to touch you. Sometimes the circumstance doesn't have to touch you. All it needs to do is get your focus off of Jesus. All it needs to do is get you to think differently about reality. And I think that a perfect example of this is one that we've talked about many times in this podcast. It's one that it's, it's a passage that many of you have read in church and so on. And we're talking about Peter. Matthew chapter 14, verse 26, starting at verse 31. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water. He walked on the water. Look at that. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? May God bless your hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Where I'm going to highlight in this passage has to be verse 30. And I feel like maybe you saw me going there already. When it said that, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And I couldn't help but realize this time around reading this that It didn't say that Peter started to sink because the wind knocked him over. It didn't say that the wind blew him over. It didn't say that the waves crashed into him. It said that when he saw the wind boisterous, he began to sink. Peter wasn't touched. Just like many of us are not touched. But instead, we've lost focus of Jesus, and now we're in our own head, and that has now resulted in us sinking in the same places we are supposed to walk over. For Peter, God was no longer in this equation. Now it was Peter versus the wind, the boisterous wind. And in Peter's mind, it was, I do not have the capacity to withstand this wind, and he lost his faith. As if he was ever standing, walking on water on his own accord. As if it wasn't Jesus' power that allowed that to happen. I would even go as far to say, and it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I would even go as far to assume that the wind couldn't knock Peter down. (laughs) And if the enemy's present in this, I wouldn't say that that was even the intention of the enemy because it was Jesus' power that was holding 
Peter up in the first place. But what the wind could do is make Peter to lose faith, just like the enemy does to us all the time. I think the moral of the story is if we fail to keep God in the equation, then we fail. (laughs) Then we fail. Then we begin to sink. And that's what happens every time we're in our own head. God is no longer a part of this equation. We now allow the enemy to take over the narrative of our lives. Just like I was allowing the narrative to paint me as to myself as a disappointment, as a failure, and 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 create my story for myself. And I think that the reason why the devil wants to control so many of our narratives, you know, like how he tries to make you think that your past was nothing but bad and that your future is gonna be nothing but bad and that your present is nothing but bad. I think the reason why the devil loves to try and control our narratives is because If he can control our narrative, then he can add in and take out whatever he wants, like taking out God and adding in how sorrowful our lives are. So then we can be stuck in our own self-pity. We can be stuck in our own head. We can be stuck with self-deprecating thoughts. And now our focus is not on Jesus. Our focus is on the issues. See, faith is so important. Now, Now you see why faith is so important, because you realize that. You don't have to get knocked over physically to get knocked over. You can get knocked over by what goes on in here in your mind. You know why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Look at that. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. And look at verse 16. This is where I really want to go to. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fury darts of the wicked. Taking the shield of faith, because you need faith to believe God, you need faith to believe in his power, you need faith to believe in his promises, you need faith to believe in his ability. You need faith to believe that he's the one that's keeping you afloat, he's the one that's going to make you able in order to do the things that need to be done in your life, that he's even proposed for you to do in your life. It says so you can quench all the fury darts of the wicked. The fury darts of the wicked are not always going to be the physical darts, but they can be the mental darts. They can be the spiritual darts because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And fact of the matter is we need faith in order to shield ourselves from the negative thoughts, to shield ourselves from the self-pity, to shield ourselves from getting paralyzed in our own head. But so many of us are allowing the devil to to squeeze God out of the equation. So it's just us versus our struggles. And you know why I think he's always successful in that? I was this, you know, last Sunday, actually, I was um, walking down. My dad normally watches like some preachers in the morning um, before before we actually have our own service. 
And, you know, right when I came down, the preacher said, you know, do you believe in Jesus? And do you believe Jesus? Like he made it two separate things because it is two separate things. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing Jesus. You know, many of us believe in Jesus, so we're going to go to heaven, but we don't believe Jesus. So then instead of walking on the waters, we're sinking like Peter did. We don't believe him when he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, when he says he loves us, when he says asking you shall receive. We don't believe him. So then we start to overthink. And the thing about overthinking is that overthinking detaches you from reality. And I think that understanding that I'm in my own head, just just understanding that fact has been what has alleviated so much of it from me to recognize that my enemy is within. You know what I'm saying? Because overthinking, it detaches you from reality. And when you're detached from reality and when you're in your own head, your problems are magnified. You become so small. God becomes so small, even though the reality is that God is big, bigger than you can even imagine. And his power comes through us and that we are more than conquerors through Christ. That's not to say that the life of a Christian will have no problems. But fact of the matter is the reality was that Peter was walking on water. That was the reality. But when he began to lose focus on Jesus and when he began to get lost in being focused and in his head on the wind being boisterous, that's when he began to sink. It detached him from reality of the moment that is by God's power and by God's might that I'm able to do the things that I am doing. And I'm going to be able to do the things that I will do in the future. And he is the one that has delivered me in the past. But when we overthink, when we're in our own head, that all becomes written out of the story. That all becomes nothing. Now that's out of the equation and we're in our own head. I believe that the remedy to this is actively choosing to deny the negative thoughts. Actively choosing to replace them with the truth. Actively choosing to replace them with reality. And also just actually acknowledging where are these thoughts coming from. Are they valid? Are they reality? Or are they composed by evil and I'm buying into it? The reality is when you can acknowledge God's power. The reality is when you can acknowledge God's providence. The reality is when you can acknowledge God's love. I, I, I haven't ever in my entire life, my history, my career of overthinking, have I, can I ever say that I was overthinking while I was also knowledgeable and acknowledging God's power, providence, and love? I can't say that I was doing both at the same time. You know why? I believe it is impossible to do both at the same time. And I believe that a remedy to overthinking is being engulfed in the knowledge, engulfed in the realization of the multiple levels of significance in Christ's death for us. You see, because we all know 
that Christ's death for us freed us from sin. And we all know that Christ's death for us is evidence of God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life. But do we ever take the time to consider that Jesus Christ dying for us and God having made that sacrifice of his only begotten son is also a symbol of assurance, knowing that, hey, you know what? God loves me so much. He gave me his son. If he gave me his son, then I know he's for me. It's assurance that God is for me. If he gave me his son, then I know that he can give me this. He, I know that he can give me that. If he gave me his son, then what's so, what's so much that would stop him from being with me in this moment? That tells me that he must be telling the truth when he said he will never leave me nor forsake me. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says this so perfectly. He said, he, God, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's scripture. I didn't say that. That's scripture. Go read it yourself. Because God indeed is in the business of providing. He indeed, he indeed is in the business of giving you things graciously. He's already given you eternal life. He's already given you the best gift. He's already let his power be known. But so many of us, we believe in God. But we don't believe God. Even though he's, giving us, he's given us only reasons to believe him. He gave us the ultimate symbol of love. The ultimate symbol of assurance. The ultimate symbol of his providence. But we still have trouble believing him. Get out your own head, yo. Indeed, God is for you. Indeed, he wants the best for you. Indeed, he will cause you to prosper in the way that he has called you to prosper. Get out your own head. Get out of there, man. Don't you understand? You can't afford to be in your own head anymore. You can't afford it. You've seen the results of it. It kept you in bed the days that you had things to do. It kept you overthinking when the steps to whatever you needed to do were quite simple. It kept you in a state of overthinking. It kept you in a state of not ever focusing on God and, and casting out God of the equation of your life. Get out your own head. It's only caused you to magnify your problems and shrink your sight of God. Get out your own head. Recognize if these thoughts are true or not. Because if it's going against the word of God, it's not true. What did Kendra read on her last episode? I should, I should have read the same thing. And uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians uh Second Corinthians, I don't know, Second Corinthians, one of the Corinthians, where it talks about the weapons of our warfare are not are not carnal. Just type that in Google and you find it. The weapons of our warfare are not are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And then it goes on to talk about arguments and imaginations that we can cast into the obedience of Christ, put in bring into captivity every thought that exalts itself above God. Get out your own head. It's not about a tragedy anymore. It's about you just overthinking 
It's about you doing extra in your mind. You're doing too much. Focus on the steps. Focus on the practical steps. Focus on Jesus first and foremost. Remember he's a part of this too. Remember he's there with you. I'm going to tell you right now. He doesn't want you to be paralyzed. He doesn't want you to be caught up in your own head. He doesn't want you to do all. No. No. Man. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, yo. I'm going to fill these job applications. I'm going to do the interviews. I'm going to do all that different stuff. Because there ain't nothing else but to do that. Not just sit around and soak about, oh, I didn't get this one. Oh, I didn't get that one. Oh, that didn't happen how I wanted it to happen. Okay, it didn't happen how I wanted it to happen. Now what? Hmm? Is that going to be? That's not physically. Those matters aren't physically capable of holding me down to my bed and holding me down and keeping me from doing anything else but i can allow it to have that power when i'm in my own head and i'm magnifying these things and taking god out of the equation even though he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me and this is the reason why i don't have to be covetous he's saying that he's the one that gives me the power to get wealth as it even talks about in deuteronomy chapter 8 read that yourself Hmm. Stop overthinking. Get out your own head. Nine times out of ten, this, you know, being in your own head, you realize, you know, it's not even a matter of what other people have, are, are believing. And even if it is, yo, like, what people believe in the truth doesn't have to be, what the truth is doesn't have to be the same thing. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode. Father God, I pray for myself. I pray for everyone that's listening. Oh, God, that you help us to get out of our own head. As you help us, Father God, to recognize that the wind is not what knocked Peter over, Father God. But it was his lack of focus on you, Father. It was the fact that he was in his own head, Father God. He forgot that you were part of the equation, Father. But that will not be our case anymore in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, help us to move acknowledging your providence, your power, and your love. Help us to move knowing, Father God, that you gave us your only son. What won't you freely give us, Father God? Help us to move, Lord, knowing, being knowledgeable, Father God, that you are with us and that you are for us and that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And any lie that is rooted in any of us, Father God, any argument, any imagination, any thought that goes against that in any way, shape, or form, even in the slightest, Father God, I rebuke it right now in the mighty name of Jesus and free your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Those things will not continue to reside in our head in the mighty name of Jesus. Evict those evil thoughts right now in the mighty name of Jesus and take your throne in our mind. Take your throne in our spirit. Take your throne in our soul. Take your throne in our bodies in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Whether the fiery darts of the enemy are physical, mental, or spiritual, oh God, help us to have the shield of faith and all the other parts of the arm of the armor of you, Father God, to quench them in the mighty name of Jesus, to block them in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Y'all, be blessed. Be blessed. I love you guys. i see you guys next week. Send those videos in. Come on now. Come on. Send those videos in. We waiting. We waiting. i see y'all. Peace.